0: You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta and the community of The Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com/legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, <laughs> a podcast about <laughs> legends. My name is Marker the Lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA. And with me tonight is my legendary and ever faithful co host, Dead Broke Nerd, and the eternally Whoa. optimistic and catastrophically creative Gibbles and Bits. Don't yell no at me. We were just having an argument where uh, I was clearly at Gibby's wedding. Uh, and uh, and DBN refuses to admit that I was there on an iPad
1: I, I, I will not, I was there in person I was standing up there next to them Sir. Well, all right, so check yourself.
0: I was I was on an iPad with someone's aunt. So
2: talk about like and more like seven of my ants. Yeah.
0: Like <laughs> there was a, there was a lot of wind. There was a lot Mark of wind. And the ants. That's that much I when know. He was there nonetheless. You felt the wind. I heard all of the wind. Uh yeah. okay, here's whipping.
2: okay, here's a test. Mark, what was the color of my suit? Gray. What kind of gray? Yeah, it's
0: like a grayish gray. Like a darkish gray. <laughs> I, you I can't ask not, what I type gr- of gray.
2: It's I not was, like he's got it a Crayola box. A you're, right, gray. you're right, you're right,
0: you're right. It it was it was a, like I was yeah, I was I was on your Down end.
2: to the Home Depot shade. What was the color of my suit?
0: <laughs> Down to the Home Depot shade. Uh, I'm going to say it was uh, English mist. Uh, it was No,
2: the, it was French mime gray.
0: French mime gray. How do you even know that? Uh, that, uh, it, I just uh, made something uh, oh, up that was oh, not French. Color. Mime <laughs> I was I was gray. ready to believe you. Yeah, I mean you said it with such confidence. <laughs> and then I
1: was and then I was gonna wonder how is French mime gray like a color that's not like white. culturally offensive? <laughs> yeah. I was like, all of their face French mime is surely... gray is canceled. Okay, yeah. they're recalling those crayons as we
2: speak. Well, that insinuates <laughs> that all mimes are French, which is the hurtful yeah. part.
1: That's mime can be <laughs> yeah, that's right. It's not actually about insulting the French. We do that all the time it's really about insulting the 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 story profession of miming
0: yes Dude, yeah, no ukrainian one cares about the feelings feel underrepresented of the, the ukrainian that's right are just just sick of it sick of oh all of goodness. the baguette they're out, just, they're out there just getting <laughs> credit they're out there just they're out there just
2: picketing because they can't say anything else
0: <laughs> that's right they have the quietest protest you've ever seen <laughs> yes, yes uh and we just lost our french audience and ukrainian audience that's two less people listening to the show.
1: But we ha- now <laughs> no, have staunch mime supporters. Yes. Okay, the mimes are in our corner. The problem is, you'll never hear about it.
0: Nope. They don't even type. <laughs> they refuse to even type.
1: They could type. <laughs> they could type.
0: Well, they could. But but they could they type. They are they active members
2: of our Discord. I bet you maybe. mimes
0: love online communities. Because you would I never bet you know. mimes are
2: really good at typing. <laughs>
0: That's right. Really fast.
2: They're. They're just. They're hang- We've hang- got to move on.
0: <laughs> and the title. We have of, to. The title of this episode is: I bet mimes are really good at typing. Um, <laughs> welcome to Legends Cast, where we talk about no, whatever it's ju- it's we want. No, it's justice
2: for justice for mimes. <laughs>
0: justice for mimes. Justice for mimes. Well, if you are tuning in, uh, if you've made it through all of that in the beginning, this is actually a podcast that is sometimes about Legends of Runeterra. And tonight is one of the nights that is about the Legends of Runeterra. Not that you would know that. Not that you would know that. Because we're going to be talking about uh, all kinds of uh, LOR stuff this week. Because we got new cosmetic event. Oh, it's not an event. It's a new cosmetic pack. Uh, We got, um, (laughs) I'm sorry, Gibby. Like, you guys can't see him on video. He's literally crying. Like, he's wiping his eyes um, right now from from the opener of the show. Uh, We also have a huge patch, a bunch of stuff coming out. Um, A big announcement for the next discord league we're going to talk about that a little bit so there's plenty to talk about with lor tonight you can tell the team came back from their winter break and we're back at it but uh, you know is there anything that you guys want to share about your weeks in lor at all if you were getting into it at all uh this week what were you doing in the game before we dive into stuff
1: Yes, I actually would, but it's not actually about LOR as much as it is about something in our community. Um, I'm going to take this one and only opportunity uh, to officially, now that the scores are locked in, brag uh, oh, about geez. winning the oh, fantasy football. Brag uh, away. Fantasy Football League in our Discord, it wrapped up, and uh, fortunately, I claimed the top spot, which is amazing, I was tracking it, you know, very closely, watched all the football games, Uh, I guess that was not this weekend, but last weekend um and monitored all that and it was really funny because i played in two leagues and it was a staunch comparison between our league in which i was playing for the number one spot and all the prizes and the other league in which i was playing to not get last place and have to make a sexy calendar uh oh. so
2: yep yep that was our so and, and it and, was and and, and. <laughs> he didn't have to do it it's true he originally was losing after all was said and after the mm-hmm. dust settled he was losing and a stat correction came in from a game that bumped the other guy's score down by a point and a half, mm-hmm. where Egan was originally winning by .06. I I,
1: I was losing by point zero six, which in oh, you know right, fantasy right. is just tiny. It's the smallest smidgen. Sure. okay and then, and it ends the game and i'm like oh god and meanwhile i can i'm like not even savoring my my win in the other league right cuz i'm like oh no and then sure enough on tuesday the 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 stat gods came in clutch uh and turns out they had over uh statted one of the other guys players and so but, i was but- able to sleep to just 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 slip by undetected in that second to last spot so now i can really revel in the glory of winning the the uh, Legends cast uh, Fantasy Football League. So there and, it is. And in all,
2: and in all seriousness, congratulations to, to Ian. He played fantastic. He didn't just win during the regular season. His team was very truly dominant the entire time. He was ahead in points for almost every single time. I don't think I beat him a single time, and I played him, like, I think th- I lost to him in the semifinals. Yeah, we played um, three we times. We played in the semis, and I took third place. Still still proud of that. Nice. Yes, good so, job. Still so got my money back, uh, and second and place to off Right. Yes, Cro- Chroma GG, previously Caleb Herber. I'll never forget that, but yes, Chroma GG took second place. As our, our runner up uh, to Ian in the finals. Oh, nice. So, congratulations to him as well. Um, and thank you to all of the, the yeah, members of fun. our community that played in that, in that league. It was very competitive. We actually have somebody in our, um, I won't start naming names so people don't start spamming him, but we actually have somebody in our Discord league, our Discord community, who is like a pro statistician for fantasy football which I think
1: is like the coolest thing. So, so he's who I have to thank for the stat correction. Well done sir. That guy,
0: that guy's the guy. <laughs> yeah.
1: Maybe. I didn't, he, I didn't say he ran it on Yahoo. <laughs> I, <laughs> I said it. I'm going to choose to believe that.
0: <laughs> he's in charge of Yahoo. <laughs> he,
1: he owns. Like we have the owner of <laughs> Yahoo in our discord. <laughs> I like to think that a mime did it. A mime. <laughs> a mime helps you out. Uh, anyways, it, it it was a blast. We all had fun, and uh, and I can't wait for next year to win again. Nice. Yeah, that's right. I said it.
2: Hey, you're, well, you're not getting a trophy this year. Just the money that you earn. I'll take the money. That I'll buy a trophy with that money. Take the money and run.
0: Claim it now. Do do do. Gibby, how about you? Did you yep. play some LOR this week? Or
2: yes, to actually talk about LOR things, uh, I did play LOR this week. I played quite a bit of it. I mean, as We'll talk about later with the Legends Cast Discord League, mm. um, prep for mm-hmm. that. But I played several several decks, had a lot of fun doing it. Some old stuff, some new stuff. Um, I played a, a Go Hard deck, which I have never previously played before because back when Go Hard was really popular, it was like the the most hated thing, kind of like Azir Aurelia was, and then some other stuff like whatever. Now it's the Poro deck with Iceborn Legacy. It was the it was the the hate fuel. But now since it's kind of calmed down and they restatted uh, or they 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 re um calculated the mana cost for pack your bags, the payoff spell for go hard to be five mana instead of the also one mana. Mm-hmm. Uh, go hard, I think you feel pre-feel is balanced. So I've been playing an Elise. Um I, I stole the deck. I'm not even gonna claim like I like I made it, but like it's a it's a Elise runs one copy of Ezreal and then it's a Vi. And it's essentially a go-hard deck. And it, it plays really well. I like the play style of where it is in the meta. Um, so I was playing that and then uh, playing, trying out a lot of the new Kindred stuff. Uh, I I always love Kindred. Kindred's one of my favorite champions uh, in the game. I played a bunch of it when it came out, despite it not being that great. Yep. And one of my long-standing decks that I have loved forever and I've always did, told myself I will never get rid of it in my collection is my Kindred... Uh, deck with demacia that runs the the three cost landmark the grand plaza uh, just creating all of the undying spawning again and creating challengers and that pair with kindred can be really really fun and comboy and, and it's a really cool deck so with kindred getting buffed it felt even better and it was it's been winning me some games it's been losing me some games just because it's not the most powerful deck but it's definitely what i would consider like maybe a b tier range mm. Um, so it's it's really fun. Um, I've been having a lot of great times when I haven't been running into a bunch of elusive things in in the meta. So yeah, really liking where it's at. Nice. Just need a little tone down of some stuff.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Well, I yeah, I actually so I took a couple of weeks off of LOR over Christmas. Uh, I don't know why. I just wasn't. I, I was actually really into LOR right before Christmas. Um, I was really enjoying it, and then I was streaming it a good bit, and then I. I, I found star I started streaming stardew Valley one day at random and that has sucked me in uh, just farming things um, and so I I really have not played a ton of it and I was not gaming a lot period outside of some TFT and slay the spire over the holidays uh, but I got back into it the last day or so and uh, just to because there's so much that changed right there's so much that changed and uh, I you know what I've been I've still been enjoying, I know I'm the worst person, right? I know that I'm a bad person, but honestly, Easy Kennen, like Ezreal Kennen is still a really fun and engaging deck to, for me to play. So I, I played a little bit of it today um, and honestly really had a great time. I, I know it makes me an ugly person for enjoying that deck, but uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm still really liking that deck, e- you know.
2: Are you running it in casuals?
0: No, no, only on ladder. Okay. I, I, I'm not that's running fine. it on casuals.
2: That's fine. If you want to run it on ladder because it's a good deck, that's good. But casuals is a place where people should be experimenting and having fun with new builds. And I don't want to see the top tier broken meta stuff in casuals. Otherwise, I want to punch you in the face. Okay, bro. Don't, please
0: don't punch Gibby me. You'd be
1: laying down the law. You'd be
0: letting me know. Okay. Yeah, no, I, 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 I have not played it. Uh, I'm silver right now. If I, so I'm Mark, not if I run high, into so you in casuals
2: into- and you play that, I won't punch you in the face because you're my friend and you were at my wedding.
0: See, yes, I was definitely there. I mean, there on a technicality, time. but... You yeah, know. I was 100% <clears throat> there. Probably one of the most memorable people uh, at the wedding, you know, outside of Gibby and, and his wife. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly more memorable than anybody in the wedding party. Um, so, yeah... Uh, <laughs> Uh, so so we have we have to continue uh and we have to talk about the discord league that's coming up and i think that i mean both of you guys know all the rules for it i think gibby has been working behind the scenes a good bit on this particular league um so gibby do you want to go through and announce the the discord league that's starting up in a couple of weeks right
2: sure drum roll please trumpet we have announced our new LegendsCast Discord League format. We are going to be doing a format that was created, I think, submitted originally by none other than our previous champion, Gangsta Bob. Oh yeah, uh, he came he came up with the idea. It's called Masquerade. Masquerade is essentially a combination where you will use two regions to create your deck. All of the uh, followers and champions must be of the same region, and then the spells and landmarks must come from the other region. That you're using to make up the deck i guess technically you can run i don't know if we've ruled out mono decks in general but it seems
0: there's to be no reason decked. why you
1: couldn't it would be following yeah. the same rules but so it, just... it
0: would be all creatures and... but right. it would have but it couldn't use spells Everything or landmarks
1: from that other faction yeah.
2: yeah yeah so uh so yeah so it's essentially a split that way so it's a very creative deck building uh task and i think challenge uh i have found it challenging but also very fun and refreshing because it's not so wacky that you can't find some kind of maybe somewhat playable or 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 refined combos to uh kind of a degree but everything's not so refined that it's like okay i'm just running meta things uh it's it's really fun uh shout out to to matrim in the background he's been running um a member of our discord league. He's or in our, just our discord in general. He's been running a lot of the admin stuff, getting it centered and uh, ready to go in the background. So shout out to him. He's put a lot of hard work into it. Um, and I know he'll probably be doing plenty more as we kind of get underway, but that'll be taking, uh, taking into effect and we'll be starting it in February.
1: Have we put signups yet for it? I've hold on. I'm pulling up the detailed information here. One second. I don't and I think read signups that off have gone here. out. Yet. Signups are not open, but they will be opening at, um, in, just just give me a second guys just hold on
0: in three um, two one sign ups no okay sorry yeah okay so basically coming
1: up so the signups are going to be launching um actually we're we were hoping to get it set up this week um so um that would be the the 12th when this launches hopefully we'll get it up by then uh, but they'll be running for three weeks because the idea here is that we want to um launch right after supposedly the next set is going to drop which uh, supposedly is if the projections are correct from my understanding is the first week of February um, so we would be sending out first pairings uh, on the 5th slash 6th on that weekend um, so signups would close on the 4th of, uh, of February so we will have signups opening very very soon um, and you will be able to sign up. It'll be a couple weeks. I do want to, to chime in. I don't know if Gibby said this or not, so forgive me if he did because um, I was looking stuff up, but it is going to be another double Elim bracket. You'll still play only one match each week, um, but we're going to do the double Elim bracket. That was a largely success. It's not a perfect system, but it is a good way to make sure um, that the competitive integrity is still there, but people won't just get one and done because that's no fun. Um Agreed. Lastly, uh, it's still going to be using the in game client best of three system, uh, which does mean you cannot repeat uh, champions, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, So keep that in mind when you're constructing stuff, you can repeat regions, you just cannot repeat champions. So that's an important uh, thing to remember. And I think that's pretty much it for the details. We are still working out prize pool. It will probably look largely similar, but we definitely yeah. will have some cool prizes. And so let's plan to announce that next week.
2: Yep. Uh, one one additional thing with the client. Uh, in case you didn't play last time or you are unfamiliar with the client, deck lists are open. Uh, so you'll be able to see your opponent's deck lists as you guys go into your match. Uh, you'll submit three decks and then you will ban, as you guys are beginning your match, you will ban one of your opponent's decks and they will ban one of yours. Mm -hmm. So as you're preparing for the league, if you intend to participate, uh, start building a lineup uh, of three decks.
1: Yeah. Um, One, I guess uh, the other thing here I was gonna say is we have three weeks to get as many people signed up as we can so one thing we want to encourage you guys and don't feel like this is you know if you had before we just want to clear it up now don't feel like you're stepping on toes or or jumping over any boundaries uh feel free to invite people if you're in multiple discords for the community if you are in other areas you know this isn't exclusively you know uh pinned down just to the people that we know in our little community feel free to reach out to friends and other people and you know, anyone who wants to join is totally welcome. We'd love to have you guys. Of course, you know, the more people you know involved, uh, the more exciting it's going to be. And uh, so, so we definitely, yep. you know, we had pretty good signups last season, and we're hoping to see that happen again. But uh, mm-hmm. three weeks, go get your friends, go get the other people. Feel free to share the links and whatnot. Um, and uh, let's let's have an awesome uh, Discord. This is season five or six. Five. I think six. No, no. 12. Cause didn't
2: okay? So we had static <laughs> 13, I think. I think, I think it is like yeah,
1: it's either five or six. I think it's I five or six. That. Uh, it's definitely not four. We know it's not four, no,
0: because we we had it's five we, or six. We had static who won, and then we had nerf Lulu who won, and then we had a who won, and then we had nerf Lulu who won again. This is
2: season six, and then gangsta, and then
0: gangsta Bob, Bob, gangsta Bob. This this is season no. six? six.
1: Dang, guys, dang, we've done God, it five dang. times before, and we're still learning.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we we even had some other cool ideas that came up in this one. You know, your idea. Oh, there was a lot of cool ones. Yeah, if you submitted your idea and we didn't take it, don't feel like that means we thought it was a bad idea. We just ended up landing and really liking the 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 technicalities and limitations of this Mm -hmm. particular one. Yeah, and it stays in the pool for future stuff for sure.
1: Yeah, we'll keep, we have all of that documented, so we'll be Mm -hmm. able to kind of look in some of the other formats. Some of, that, you know, for the record, as cool as Masquerade is, that's not the one I voted for. So I'm hoping for one of these other ones to make it through for a future season.
2: I did vote Masquerade. And I had to ask, while we're on the topic of it, uh, Debian and uh, Mark, what have you guys done preparation-wise? How far are you guys in terms of building decks? Do you have ideas that you have yet to build that you want to? Are you starting to lock in lineups?
0: yeah honestly uh not not much uh i i tend to think that there could be a pretty good version of trundle and um that runs shadow isle control spells with a lot of the uh, uh, maybe a lot of the stuff that it eliminates a lot of your ramp but i've sort of been leaning towards you know i wonder how good that is that seems pretty good i've also been kind of considering i i think there might be some like some very aggressive lists that rely heavily on Noxus that I think could be pretty good as well because I think there's a lot of just you could play a lot of really good like Noxus uh minions and champions and potentially splice in a little bit of that P&Z burn to the face uh and you wouldn't mm. be able to play full discard package but I think you could play some of the discard package although I don't know how many of the discard champions that you would play around maybe scion because you'd be putting down so much aggression you know maybe like a a scion leblanc Mm -hmm. list or something could be fun um so i i have a couple of ideas it's really interesting though until you get into your collection and start putting cards in the deck you don't realize oh man like this synergy is really good and really important and kind of makes this go but it's a spell and the champion from the same region and so you really have to get in there. You can't. I don't think this is one that you're just going to be able to throw your decks together, kind of like the last one. You're going to have to really go in there and be kind of meticulous about that. And I'll tell you what, our our two-time runner-up in the last two leagues has been Jonathan C. And I know he's already crafting stuff for it. So uh, you guys got to you got to get ready because he's he's coming for the gold this time. I'll tell you that.
2: Seeing him, I have I have luckily avoided him in every Discord league so far. And seeing his name, like anywhere near me in a bracket, scares me.
0: Yep. Well, he trashed. Me he's last just
2: month. a he's just a great player, and it it I hope I don't see him truthfully because I I'm pretty confident I'm gonna get I'm gonna get obliterated.
0: Yeah, he's pretty strong. DBN, did you did you mess around with any decks so far? Craft any decks up for this? Yeah.
1: So I actually um, did some playing around today. Um, which was cool because Gibby actually ended up uh, as, as he was wont to do just feeding my excitement for it. Uh, because uh, he would actually, we, we hung out a couple of days ago and um, tinkered with some of his, you know, uh, initial uh, lists that he was playing around with. And we played a few of them. And I think we ended up what, like four and O. Yeah. We when played in casual. We played in casual, but, yeah, in casual, but I mean, we, well, but we did hit so, a couple meta decks um, mm-hmm. and we, uh, you know, his his lists were really cool. And so I was like, oh, that's neat. You know, I was like, maybe I'll, maybe I'll come up with some stuff. Plus, it would give me some content to talk about on the podcast, classic. Um, so I, I tinkered. And I actually, you know, was pleasantly surprised with how some of my decks uh, played. Gibby and I played a little bit right before this. Um, and, and they performed pretty well. Um, I have one that I am really confident and happy with. And I'm not going to talk about it because I actually, you know, want to win with it. Uh, and I feel like, you know, maybe somebody will stumble on it themselves. Totally valid. But I don't want to say it because I that's how good I think it is. Um, however, I will say one of the ones I'm really excited about uh, is a, uh, and a, I think it needs tinkering, is a reputation list uh, because I think there's a lot of, of great Noxus uh, units that can, I mean, th- there's so much redundancy in the five power strategy right now purely within Noxus, and although you don't get access to, like, Whispered Words or Bloody Business, um, there's actually some really strong value uh, along the the champ side, or the, um, uh, along the unit side, which can then be paired with, like, three or four different factions. I'm looking at it with, um... I'm looking at it with uh, Freljord, I'm looking at it with Demacia, I'm looking at it with Sharima. so, like, there's a lot of neat stuff in there, but if you look at it, like, you get to go... Like uh, Trifarian Glory Seeker, you can put in that uh, Trifarian uh, Hopeful, you know, because all your units are going to be Noxus anyways right because that's mm-hmm. the format you've got Le Bonk you've got the Thorn of the Rose which is just super potent I love Thorn of the Rose so much getting a Guile in hand feels so great it's better than running it obviously <laughs> um you know you can if you want to commit really hard to Noxus you can do like Basilisk Rider but you got Cato Trifarian Assessor which I feel like we've forgotten about since the old uh Ash uh days with re- like Ash Reckoning decks uh-huh. but uh, Trifarian Assessor is actually pretty Pretty good in this format as a card draw engine that's unit-based in Noxus. Um, and then, of course, you can top it off with, like, Darius, uh, Armor Tusk Rider, Captain Farron. There's a lot of great Overwhelm units at the top end, so then it's just about finding some good buffs to go with it to push through that damage. Um, you know, Demacia can give you some removal with some striking to accelerate Uh, reputation, you can get some really potent defensive buffs in Freljord I I played a version of that with Gibby earlier with like uh, troll chants and and stuff like that and um, battle furies so that's cool Um, but yeah, there's some really neat stuff in there and um, I'm excited to mess around with that, I, I just love Black Rose Spy so much it's such a satisfying mm-hmm. card to play one of my um, favorite cards in the game absolutely so i i'd say that's the thing i'm i mean i'm looking forward to as always i'm i'm also tinkering i'm not going to get into it but i'm tinkering with a probably terrible uh vladimir swain uh scar grounds list so we'll mm-hmm. see how that goes <laughs> i miss my my braum but <laughs> and my scar mother vrenna uh but it, it's still at least uh, it's it's there's Nothing has changed since the first episode that Mark and I did uh, of this entire podcast. Uh, Braun Vlad is still overwhelmingly my favorite deck. Um, it's so satisfying. So if I can make that something like that work, I will try.
0: <laughs> it, my, it is so hard to build I, I'm, I'm like just going through ideas in my head even as we're sitting here, and I'm like, it is actually legitimately super hard to find deck you're you really are going to have to get outside the box and get in your collection mm-hmm. and deck build for a while because it is it's going to take a while but we really hope that people will join in on this season of the discord yep. league because we're really excited about it gibby's got some spicy stuff that he's brewing up i'm sure i'm sure he's excited oh, about that yeah
2: got i do want to talk about one of them just oh as, yeah go as, ahead. As, as, so I, uh, maybe even just as as helpful ideas the way that i've thought about this and approached this so far is think about it when since you have to split factions right with your with your two um with your two factions when you have to do your units or your all of your units your followers champions and then your spells and your landmarks pick one or the other that you want to um that you that you're trying to find synergies with that you think you want to run I'm finding the unit side to be a bit more impactful, but sometimes you you, you never know where your kind of your inspiration is going to come from. It could just be a single card. So for example, I built a a Ziggs Talia deck that is a landmark deck. It's a bit clunky. I'm not sure if I'll run it, um, but I've had some good testing and some bad testing with it. But it's a deck that runs uh, Sharima units clearly with the with Ziggs Talia, and then it runs. There's enough landmarks in uh, in Targon that you can make it work, and there's enough destruction of of uh, of the landmarks that you can end up running a Herald of the Magus uh, to give all of your champions, once you've destroyed four, four landmarks, to give all of your champions plus two, plus two, and Overwhelm, which that's kind of the goal with any kind of Talia deck, is to play enough units and then get her Overwhelm. So that way she punches through a bunch of damage because she's so potent on offense. And I, but I, the card that inspired me to build that deck was Rockfall Path the the two cost mm-hmm. uh, Targon landmark that says countdown two destroy the weakest enemy and being able to copy that with Talia and uh, to make a second one to destroy a second unit um, and kind of picking and choosing when you want to play that and uh, even run, being able to run uh, the little clockwork guy that's two mana uh, that um, uh, the clockwork curator that advances an ally landmark two rounds. If you're playing against a, a deck that is running, that's running tall, you drop the rock fall, the rock fall path, even if it's got spell shield, you drop the rock fall path, you play the, the clockwork curator, which advances a landmark two rounds, immediately kills whatever they the big stacked unit they've, is that they've got on board. So it's, it's a pretty nice combo and it, it's, I've got it off a couple times and it works. Um, Some cool combinations like that are a re- great way to be able to figure, I uh, think outside the box with, with this kind of stuff. Um, I'd be lying if I said I hadn't made a Kindred list. <laughs> at least a couple of them. I've got six lists made right now.
0: With Kindred. Uh, all of them with Kindred.
2: All of them with Kindred. Uh, no, an Ephemerals an list with uh, with Hecarim and Viego. Uh, I did try to build an auction and uh, or an auction and uh, Sivir deck. I don't think I really will. Gonna, I'm going to run that one. And the other two I will keep secret for now. Um I've shown DBN and he thinks that they're I know what
1: they are. You do know what they they're are. They're pretty cool. That I'm I was impressed.
0: Cool. So Well, obviously lots of fun stuff that you can brew up and do. I mean, lots of fun stuff. I've got
2: I've got some work to do. I'm going to keep I'm going to keep brewing.
0: Great. Great. Keep doing it. Well, guys, uh, we want to jump into the main segment for tonight so that we honestly don't run out of time to talk about some stuff. Um, we want to talk overall about the the most recent patch and the impact that's had on the game before we do a little cosmetic corner um, and uh, and have a conversation about some of the new skins that came out. So why don't we go ahead and jump into our main segment for this evening? Only fools hesitate. <laughs> Okay, guys, in the main segment for this evening, it's, it's not one we've done in a while, but there's a huge amount of changes to cards, and we're going to work our way through some of them, probably not all of them, probably at least going to work our way through, I would imagine, the champions, because there's a lot of changes to champions that we've received. Um, pretty big nerfs, pretty big buffs, and we want to work through them kind of one at a time. Uh, the first one is Scion. If you guys didn't know, Scion before was a 7-mana 3 six uh with uh, at level one he's now a seven mana one six at level one and at level two instead of being a 10 six with overwhelm which of course is a big jump he's now an eight six with overwhelm so we, we we took down two attack off of him and in his scion return form where he was a 10 four with ephemeral and overwhelm he is now an eight four so across the board scion's game finishing capability has been sort of chopped off, and I want to take it to DB at first. I'm kind of curious, because I know he's liked Scion. Um, what are your thoughts on this change? Because Two attacks a pretty big nerf to this card.
1: Yeah, I mean, so, okay, I, full disclosure, like, I haven't been playing ladder or really keeping up with the competitive scene, so, like, I, I don't know how it's truly impacted, like, win rate, play rate, or anything like that, you know, so, uh, if I'm wrong, sue me. Um, but but here's my... my my stance on this, I, I don't feel like this was warranted, and I know that that probably sounds like bias because I'm a Noxus fanboy. But my but my point here is, um, I guess this is what the second uh, nerf that he's gotten. Right, his package has gotten like a couple of hits, and my my larger thing with Scion is that like it's a finisher that has two extremely good counters that are already being played in the environment. That being Hush and uh mini morph right Mm -hmm. um it's not like those cards are like not being played like if scion wasn't in the meta those cards would still be being played right so my greater point is i i think it's an overreaction i also think it's maybe like a i i i think it is not for higher tiers of play i don't think this is really uh like i don't feel like scion was really that um,
0: big of a problem
1: big of a deal big of a problem because i think that it punishes lower tier players more because he, you do have to kind of plan for them. you can't just throw out many morph whenever you draw it in your hand you have to save it for them, right like you'd be surprised and the common like the average listener of our podcast is probably like well yeah duh right but the average listener of our podcast while scion might be annoying you probably have figured out by now how to play around him, but we always have to remember that like developers are not purely balancing for the top tier you know of players they're often balancing for the fun mechanic of it and that's what i feel like this is i feel like they simply said eh people are tired of losing to scion let's 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 you know bring him down a, a peg and 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 here's the thing you needed that attack to close games like that attack power you missing two points of attack power is freaking huge OK, um, especially because he's your big overwhelm unit. You're, you're jamming points through. Your second version is coming through. This guy's not as much of a threat anymore. Heck, like, you know, he, he, if he comes down on, on seven, you know, eight, eight attack is very manageable. In fact, there are some things that can buff out of that range potentially and block it. So, like, I just I think plus with still being vulnerable like the risk reward is just not there to me i look at this and i say could you still play Sion if you really like him yes could you still win with Sion? probably just nowhere near as consistently and you start to wonder like isn't rumble just a better discard win con now it just it's more consistent it has a little bit of a better immediate impact it comes down earlier it provides more longevity because it's creating more things in hand like scion was supposed to be a closer and i i just guess i don't love that you know they 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 have this weird like give and take relationship with with like seven drops eight drops where They either print them that are good and then they back out of it, like Riptide Rex and Scion and stuff like that, or they print it so that they will just never see play because they're too expensive. It's like they don't understand the role of the the six through eight drop slot of Mm -hmm. it needs to be impactful if it's going to see play, and that's not a bad thing. Having an impactful card that costs the majority of your resources on a turn is very easily played around, so it needs to have an impact. And I, that's what I feel like they they consistently miss in design and balancing in that realm. So there's my yeah. I mean even going back on
0: it. to like Rasha like in yeah. closed bait and open data. Yeah. Yeah. Like,
1: and that required commitment. You know, now granted I I think that like like Rasa back then was very, like, it was too strong. There's no doubt. Well, there was a limited card pool so it was harder to play around, but but I I'm totally with you. Like Rasa could go back to where it is now and it probably st- where it was then now and it probably still wouldn't see play. Yeah. To me I
2: would have I would have just taken Sion and I would have just bumped his I mean cuz cuz the argument is maybe that he could, if 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 he's winning consistently because he's hard to deal with which is the point of the card I agree you mm-hmm. shouldn't have changed his health or shouldn't have changed his attack like it, it, that to me just defeats the purpose of why you printed the card and like the thematics behind him I would have just bumped him to 8 Eight mana, because that slows him down mm-hmm. slightly but from when he comes onto board and he's still the win con. Or like, the level t- up
1: requirement. That would work too. Like I, I can see I, I could see that.
2: Either way. I mean, because that's the whole point is you mm-hmm. slow just do something to the card to slow him down by a turn. You don't necessarily have to make him less effective. He's a win con unit. And that's the whole point of why you put him in the deck with that being your way to close a game. Just like you put other followers in your deck or other spells, like there's no difference in putting atrocity in your deck as a as a possible way to close a game is the reason you put Scion in there. It's it's a planned win con in your deck. His is just a little bit different and he's got maybe a more concerted package around him with all of the discard cards mm-hmm. that were printed. But I don't even think it was a problem. Nope. I don't think he should have to... been nerfed at all, like in He's general. The, I'll be the first one to say that I, I thought that Rumble's uh, I mean, Rumble sign was going to be a problem, like a really big problem. And it's strong I, from what I've seen. It's effective in the meta. I won't even say it's strong. It's effective in the meta maybe as a counter meta option. I've seen several people in our Discord pilot it well, and it become kind of one of their favorite archetypes, which is really cool. Um, but I don't think it was a problem.
0: Yeah, I, I think so like I, I wouldn't have changed a, a, it. I
2: would have just maybe buffed it. I think Scion, or just just. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm saying I would have. I would have just raised the cost by one, or I would have just as Ian said. I would have slowed down. Slowed down the uh, the con uh, of of when it, the condition of when it triggers. Yeah,
1: if you because I I actually don't I th- I think if you bump it the cost it becomes a, a, equally still a really bad nerf maybe even worse but I think that the sweet spot would have been and again. I really don't see it as a problem. And, and I'll go one step further in which I think that Draven is a bigger problem and has been a consistently bigger problem across the lifespan of this game. And yet Draven remains untouched, but that's neither here nor there. But I, I think that like if if you increase the level up requirement, then it requires more of a commitment to the package, to the theme, in order to realize that potential, which to me is always like a, a fine way to nerf something, which is to say not... That you're nerfing its power level, but that you are restricted in deck building more in order to play it. I think that's a better way of kind of trying to balance something like this, but go ahead, Mark.
0: I I was just going to say I was kind of surprised by this nerf, Um, and I understand why they did it. I honestly think on the outside looking in, I think there's a possibility that it was just a meta switch. Like they just wanted to see less of Scion and more of something else, so... Hmm. It wasn't so much that they thought Sion was super powerful or that he was insane or that he was a problem, but more of like, uh, we would like to see other things see play that aren't seeing play. And so we're going to cut Sion back for a season. Um, I hope I would love to see him go back because I think Sion is important for Noxus. So I, yeah. I I would love to see them bring Sion back up to sure. uh to the power that he was at. Um, I, I think I would have liked the increase of mana by one more than the decrease of attack by two myself. I don't think that would make him unplayable. Um it would make him slower. It would make that deck slower, but it wouldn't make the inevitability of Scion feel I I I, I don't well, I think Scion would still feel inevitable, but
1: I, I, I think my argument is they're specifically, you know, in their thing they mentioned Scion Draven, which is a mm. faster deck. I think if you take it to eight it doesn't just make that it's slower. It makes that deck disappear, right? Because at eight, it's it's seven. Sometimes it's a little too late, but at eight, that that's a that's a whole nother turn that you're waiting to close the game. And, and I think that that makes the deck disappear now. now rumble scion i think you could argue like is still fine to play an eight cost uh scion but that's not the the deck that they, they say they that were they were about, concerned sure. about right mm-hmm. um and i think that i would be very interested to see what the play rate is of Sion. I'm, I'm gonna stop talking about scion in a second i swear but the play rate at like mid-tier ranks and stuff like at gold and and platinum and stuff like that because if i was gonna like take a stab at it i it would seem to me like it's a very... um, Although I think there's a lot of decision points as to which card to discard, it is a straightforward game plan. The game plan is straightforward. So I I wouldn't be surprised if that was a, a laddering deck of choice for a lot of ladder warriors, if simply because it is it's it's you're not sure. going to make a ton of play errors there's not a mm-hmm. lot of like turns where you're sitting there wondering how to spend your mana like if you're playing you know Riven Lee Sen <laughs> right where uh, i've seen you do it Mark i mean you're sitting there like ooh i you know if i have seven spells in my hand shoot which one do yeah, i want to play and in which order and it just it brought it, it you know it bogs your brain down and so there's some interesting lines in this deck while still being a straightforward game plan i would be i would suspect that that's where play rate probably comes in but i don't have those numbers. Members in front of me
0: sure well none of, us do. none of us do
1: well you want to take us to ash sure i mean and with with nerfs
2: come buffs right for champions and it seems like the rest of them uh they targeted uh champions that they want to buff and kicking that off is what they did to ash they basically increased Ash's uh viability by lowering the amount of units that you have to freeze uh with her for her level up so instead of having to freeze uh, you frostbitten five enemies. You know, you've only has to have to have frostbitten four enemies. So she hits her requirement uh, to level up and gain that special ability where all enemies with zero power can't block earlier. Um, do we think this is impactful for her? I do. Uh, I think it comes down a little earlier and um, maybe even lets you hit it by, by turn five where I think I think more consistently if you wanted to play the classic Ash and Sejuani she, you can probably get ash leveled up by turn five if you make a concerted enough effort about the frost frostbiting units uh, or then you you drop her and then you drop sedge on six and wherever, whatever unit she's frostbiting by her her little chain whip you can either choose to drag it in or choose to have it not block at all which I think is which is a good which is a good thing too so I, I like it.
0: Yeah, I mean, Ash wasn't seeing a lot of play. I love Ash. I've played a lot of Ash throughout my time uh, playing Lor. One of my favorite decks still is uh, my Frost Shock deck, which is a combination of Ezreal with Ash, and I, I still think it's very good. Um, so yeah, I, I mean, I think it's hard to say exactly how much more powerful this makes Ash. It's certainly a buff. Like it's not it's not uh, you know it, you it's not just something you can ignore. I think Ash's bigger problem was not how quick she leveled up. I think her bigger problem was having three health. Um, Mm -hmm. And so, like, I don't... Like, this makes Ash better. I'm not sure it fixes Ash's problem of viability in competitive play because she's very easy to remove and, honestly, just not super easy to protect. Um, You would think with a Frostbite deck that she would be easy to protect, but not always super easy to protect. So, yeah. So... Yeah, you,
1: you hit it spot on here, Mark. It, it literally comes down to the fact that um, her issues had to do with survivability because there's, there's two things to consider. Her level up requires you to frostbite things, and there's very limited things that frostbite that are mana efficient um and uh, bitter uh, st- uh brittle steel is probably the only spell that is particularly mana efficient um for the effect that you're getting and the amount of situations it's useful in now there can be extreme like range in terms of how good a frostbite is or isn't right sure. um but if you were frostbiting for a cheap trick on a unit you know one mana would have given you an elixir that probably would have done it right as opposed to a three-mana frostbite or whatever that thing's called. Or um, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yep. So so the issue was is always, okay, you have that two-mana guy that comes down and freezes somebody, and you probably have a couple brittle steals, maybe a couple uh, harsh ones and stuff, but you're you're really relying on playing several cards over the course of the game to get her leveled unless she comes down and does some of the work herself, right? Mm-hmm. And that was the problem, because if she's relying to come down and the work, she's now the enabler for her own finisher, which is extremely risky. <laughs> uh, and, and that's always been the issue. So what this does is it actually is trying to incentivize you to hold her in your hand and drop not on four, but... On six or or seven or you know something like that later in the game when she's already leveled, yeah, and then you can push through. You have the option now of like, okay, I can play her on four, but I don't think that that's the optimal way to play her anymore. I think it's much more optimal to try to stack freezes. Maybe even uh, there's another card that just recently got got uh you know buffed and i don't know if it's good enough but my point is you know utilize her leveled up form and allow her to level in your hand because that's what she will do faster now um instead of relying on her to level herself um yeah it's we'll see i i swear if they just printed another like three or four mana unit that would freeze on summon or like as a play effect ash would just become incredible that's all they would need to do is print one more unit that would come down. It was mana efficient and it freezes something, and you're you're golden with Ash. Ash comes back to the meta.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know this will bring her back, but it's interesting. <clears throat> uh Trundle <clears throat> is next. Uh Trundle uh got unbut unnerfed. Uh Trundle, I think <laughs> used to be this, uh, went from uh, uh, was a 4-6, went back to a went to a 4-5, now is going back to a 4-6. Level up, of course, uh is now a 5-7 instead of a 5-6. So that 4-6. With regen, uh, I mean Trundle was uh, a menace in uh, mm-hmm. in Fraylord. Really, was the card that put Fraylord on the map for a season, uh, because Trundle was such an incredible mid game threat, an absolute bully, very difficult to get rid of six life on turn five. Uh, more difficult, than you think? Oftentimes, would get to actually use his regen, which so few of creatures that have regen ever get to use regen. That Trundle very frequently got to. Um, it's just so, uh, I played against it today, and it's just like, oh, yeah, Trundle. And so and so often it actually is coming down on turn four. If it comes down on turn four, you literally, you just can't get, it's like a free hit to your face. Um, yep. He levels himself up. I, I think this was a good buff. I honestly disagreed with the Trundle nerf when we had it a year ago, over a year ago, I think, uh, during Targon at some point. Uh, and still like what they did with Trundle here, so I'm I'm this gets a big thumbs up for me. Give me my Trundle back.
2: Yeah, I'll keep my comments just quick because I know we have a lot of uh, champions and stuff to get through. Uh, I yeah, I'm fine with it. I mean, I think for Frail Yord as a, as a whole maybe had a really low play, play rate, and that's why we're seeing some of uh, especially with a more aggressive meta, we're seeing some of the changes that we've been seeing. Um, so I think this is a as a part of it. He's an enabler to, for a certain type of decks that um are naturally a little bit slower and help slow the meta, meta down. So making him stronger uh, as a whole is going to do that. So I'm cool with it.
1: I mean, whatever trundle nah. it, the thing is trundle serves as a gap closer for control decks. If I felt like Trundle was actually like being played in like troll synergies or, if Trolls had a tribal tag, which why don't they? Um, but uh, uh, if I felt like he was being played for like his level-up ability or anything like that, it would be cool. But but really, all Trundle exists to do is to come down and slow the game down uh, so that a different win condition, like Feel the Rush yeah. or War Mother's Call or Lissandra, Ice Crap Things, Watcher, ice whatever. Ice Crap. Or not,
0: Anivia now.
1: Anivia, whatever. Ice Crap. Right. All Trundle does is is sit there and be a wall for that. It mm. to me, that's my issue with Trundle is I don't feel like I'm playing a Trundle deck. I feel like I'm playing something else and just abusing a 4-6 regen
0: body. Yeah, but, I I agree um, with that. He doesn't feel like he's a champion necessarily, no. he never has necessarily, but he is he does very much so fit what we've talked about before of like the good stuff. Yeah. type of card that uh that the Freljord used to have and doesn't really have and he fit that very well you know well for
1: all of frail late game strategies they need something like that so this is probably good if you like control it's not my cup of tea um so it kind of from a purely selfish perspective i'm like eh. but uh <laughs> but i i mean it's I'm sure Trundle's already being played more. I, I'm oh, yeah. sure that's probably going to be nice for the Freljord fans out there.
0: Yeah, and he pairs well with Anivia. Who wants to tell us about Anivia?
1: Yeah, so Anivia's base stats went up by 1-1. That's it. Who wants to talk about it?
2: Uh, it's, it's it's a card. Anivia is better now. Anivia is better. I don't, this is one of those cards if I don't have the data in front of me to see how much it's being played or how well it's doing really quantify the the increase in, in in player increase the uh the the win rate i i really don't have a comment on it unless i have some statistics in front of me to be able to to put with it in pair so i i think it's interesting that they they buffed her i think anivia is a card that when she's really good she kind of takes over mm-hmm. um and just sees a lot of so
1: Yeah, the the Uh, thing is we're recording the six days after this happened, which is this weird interim where we don't have all the data, but there are some people that are really out there like creating initial impressions and we're not up on that. So it's this weird like time gap where it's not the information is is out there for the people that are really chasing it, but it hasn't trickled down completely yet. mm -hmm. So seeing how these things have actually shaped out, like our comments here may not age well. (laughs)
2: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what they what, what ended up turning into. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, I think
0: it's a good buff. Uh, obviously, it's a good buff. I, I think that Anivia is always on the brink of being good. I honestly think the Trundle buff might be better for Anivia than Anivia's buff is for Anivia. Yeah, agreed. Um, and I could be wrong about that, but I I played against a couple Trundle Anivia decks today, and they're they're super hard to deal with. Like they're just really controly, a little bit of ramp. Um, Trundle comes down early, usually very hard to deal with. Um So you know, I looked at a Mobalytics report, and uh, he's—they're not on there, but I think they will be.
1: Um, I assume that was running Rekindler, right? For Zombie Anivia. Uh,
0: I honestly don't. I didn't get that far. I lost before he got to that. So well, uh, it was War my... Mothers. It it was running War Mothers. Oh, so okay. Well, I,
1: I gotta imagine it's running Rekindler, and that's actually my greater issue with Anivia is just that it's really rekindler is the champion in that like like <laughs> i don't know uh, anivia i've always struggled to like like because i i it almost never sees play outside of like shadow isle's like duplication recall stuff um and so i i guess i just kind of wish that there was something out there like that played off the enlightened a little bit stronger that would be like, oh, this card is amazing and allows Anivia to be played in other factions as opposed to just being Rekindler fodder. But that's neither here nor there. I, I don't know if this really impacts it. I think, Mark, you're totally right. I think the Trundle buff is more important for this than the Anivia buff is because I don't think the stats were really ever that, like, wherever what was barring entry to the meta for Anivia.
0: No, it was getting to Anivia. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. the cost really, if they, tro- if they dropped a cost, we'd be having a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I agree. Please. No, uh, the, <laughs> give me the next one on the, on the, and we'll make sure we just get through the champions and if we want to highlight a couple others, we can, but make sure we do the champs. Yeah. Uh, Gibby, you want to tell us about the next one? Cause it's your favorite change. Probably. Yay.
2: Kindred, as I mentioned earlier, Kindred, uh, got, uh, his costs or her cost reduced she was a 5-cost, 4-4, four, four, and now she's a 4-cost, four 4-3. Four, so her cost went down by 1, but she only lost 1 point on the defensive side. So didn't go down the full 1-1, one, one, just 1 one point on the defense, um, just to kind of scale it down, which uh, to me is still kind of hurting what Kindred needs. Kindred's biggest problem is that she can't stay alive uh, long enough to see her mark things and kill things and all of that. Putting her down to a 4 cost I think was a really good move. I like that a lot. Um, but the 4 cost, 4-3 three, three part of it is still, she's she's just killable. And it's really hard to get her effect off. I've played a bunch of Kindred since the new patch. And, I mean, with all of the new removal tools that have come out, there's a lot of removal more removal spells in the game than there previously were when Kindred was initially dropped, which I don't think is what the... Uh, kind of the compensation was taken into account here for um, if they had made her a four cost three four, that to me would have been fine because she's not something even though she's got quick attack you can buff that piece of it if you really want to like with other through other means, but she's got to stay alive in order to actually get her effect off so I I don't know I it's still it's it's a it's a better it's in a better place than it was at a five cost four four but it still to me just feels mediocre um it it feels it's like you're never going to get to the level up
1: yeah uh kindred's issue is two two things the first is uh you're right kind of kind of squishy um which is at odds with the idea that you need to spend mana so you have to spend mana to protect it it doesn't get any value immediately upon dropping so like you need to be playing protection for it if you want it to stick around and have lasting value, right? But the flip side is you also need to be spending mana to enable its ability. So you need to protect it and uh, and trigger slays, right? And then you compound that with the fact that your opponent can control the targets that it puts the, the, the weakest ally on. Like the mark from Kindred is totally manageable and mitigatable by the opponent's play. So... You have, it it, on paper, you're like, wow, I can kill something for free every turn, but it is so far from free that it becomes really hard to make worth it. This thing could be a three mana unit, and I swear I still don't think it would be good enough because they would just be able to kill it. And remove it before it becomes impactful. There's so many more things right now in this uh in this environment that can summon extra copies of things. So just put fodder on the board that slows it down long enough for them to assemble either. Kindred can live two turns, they can still assemble a kill for it, and then you're back to square one. Right? And you spend all that mana protecting and supporting it, and you don't get anything good out of it. So there's just there's a lot of issues with Kindred. And as cool of a card as it is, it's just it needs, some, it, it needs to, instead of, say, slay, and I get they were dropping it alongside Nasus, it, it needs to say the first time a unit of yours dies this round or something like that, they, or 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 you're an opponent's unit dies this round. It needs to not be or focused both. on slaying. Yeah, if, if if this is going to be... The effect is the issue, not the stats, not really even the cost. I mean, you could make it a two-cost, and then I guess it'd be good. But um, really, as a stopgap at that point, it would be value engine that your opponent has to deal with because it would be no mana commitment for you initially. So there's just there's just so many issues with Kindred.
0: Yeah. Uh I this is fine as a four mana four four. I don't maybe that would have pushed it. it is notice it is, notic- yep, it is notable my, yes, I agree. that a four at four mana there's not a ton of other SI champions that it wants to compete with and there was a lot at five. So um, you know, it's no longer competing with Uh, Thresh, Thresh, it's no longer competing with Senna, it's no longer competing with Viego, which to be honest with you, there's not a lot of things that you wanted to pair Kindred with other than Thresh, Senna, and Viego. So, the question is really for me, is Kindred Viego better than Thresh Viego? And it's probably not. Like, yeah, it's just probably not.
1: Kindred, Kindred has no other champion that cleanly pairs with it. Right. And like the note, there's no champion that says, yes, I consistently empower and enable Kindred's ability. There's nothing out there that does that. And, and, and yeah, it was supposed
0: the- to be Nasus, right? It was supposed to be Nasus. <laughs> yeah. But Nasus <laughs> just ended up being better with Thresh. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, okay. Sick. Well, let me take us, uh, to the next champion that got adjusted. Maokai, uh, it's level one was effect triggers on playing another ally. It's now triggers on summoning another ally, which means you can summon stuff from your deck and get Malkai you know, leveling up and tossing stuff. Um, I mean, slight buff to Malkai I don't know how much, to be honest with you, how much uh, the the deep deck really summons stuff. It plays most of its stuff anyway, right? There might be a rare occasion where you, I guess the sapling toss well yeah like when you put a sapling on top of your deck and it summons it it would summon two now that is a buff to the sapling card um but i I was just trying to think through this one i was like i don't think there's a lot of summon stuff in it gibby has something in his brain but it's probably some some crazy deck that he plays that isn't (laughs) that uh that might not be uh the deep deck would be my guess because he has all kinds of Hairbrain schemes for maokai that this probably goes with
2: what was the first deck that i built when kenan and ari came out
0: uh yeah there was some weird toss deck uh that you were playing turbo
2: or- malkai with kenan and the god willow seedling because the god willow seedling immediately summons a unit an ephemeral one but summons a unit and then two turns later now, even though it's been kicked back to two turns now, right, or three turns, uh, it will summon another unit again Which upon turn starting, which will then allow you to open swing and will give you the ability to summon that, that other little sapling again and toss some more stuff and go ham at their face off of, a, off of a, uh, an open swing. This, this is a direct buff to my, my Turbo Toss. If anything, what I think it says is Maokai no longer needs to play, strictly in uh in deep decks and i think you can play him as a turbo strat and um with all with all of the summon effects that are either in 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 shadow wiles you've got summon effects with yordles you've got summon effects even in all of the a lot of the lower cost units that are in Bilgewater with like the the mirai song whatever or just the mirai uh keepers the warden like, Two the mana, summon a spud. Yeah. Um and then you've got you've got the two cost spell in, in, in Bilgewater. The mo-
1: was it most wanted? No. Um Yeah, the, the one that summons two one cost. I think there's one that's called Wanted and there's the one that's called Double Trouble.
2: Double trouble. That's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, you can play double trouble and that summons to one cost. That'll also summon it. So yeah, and everybody lot... may
1: laugh at double trouble, but when you can use your spell mana on it, it's not as bad it's as very you think. Good. Yeah. It's
2: very good. It's very good, especially in aggressive decks because you don't always have options. You want units, but you don't always have options. In case you run into something clunky that you can't like.
1: And swarm decks often have the issue of if they miss a uh, like miss curve um and they have spell mana they often struggle to spend that spell mana which ends up becoming dead throughout the later course of the game so double trouble can actually cover that it there's no deck in in the meta like right now that really has that issue but but like Bilgewater aggro theoretically could have that issue and and Gibby and I have actually had some success with double trouble in the past this is a huge yep. tangent though
2: but yes, I think that what Malkai's buff does to him is it says he can be played standalone now and there's a lot of open combinations of summon units that you can play him with and he can just you can you finally got a toss strategy that you can go after and you can just toss their whole deck. And any deck that relies on their champions if something comes out that's super powerful, here's your counter.
1: Yeah. I'd be interested in seeing it with like the treasures that you can th- toss into your deck and then get later i wish there was one more card that did that mm-hmm. or or i wish that the the shipwreck hoarder was lower stats and lower cost just so that you could get those because i think that's a really fun mechanic of like dumping really powerful stuff into your deck and hoping you find it later yeah gotcha, um for like it. i think i think that's really fun it literally feels like diving for treasure and uh, so i would love to see one more card like that like instead of i think it's lost riches is the is the four mana spell one, but yep, um, that's correct. But I think Gibby's totally right, and I I don't really have any other Maokai comments. So do we want to yeah, move, move on. on to to Darius? Heyo, coming in with a buff. When's the last time this happened? Never, Maybe. never. Oh man, from base set all the way till now. And guess what? He's got a huge buff. Oh. Well, he bleeds for Noxus. He he bleeds for Noxus and he has one more defense with which to do that. I actually don't think this is this is that terrible. I mean, he survives a little bit a little bit longer. Cool.
0: He does have like, an additional 2 defense leveled up. So, he went up one he went up from a 65 to a 66 six, and he went up from a 105 to a 107 in his leveled up version. So. Well, but
1: that's because the the defense never leveled before, <laughs> so yeah. it was always kind of dumb the way that they did it before. But but yeah, well, and that's a legitimate thing. I I just don't know. I mean, you you're really locked into a certain kind of strategy when you play Darius, and I like I I like playing with Darius, like with the reputation, black rose spy apprehend. I mean, Gibby and I have talked about this on the podcast like a year ago. It's I mean, it's really fun. I'm just saying, like I I mean. I don't think this forces it into the meta. I just think that it maybe opens up more opportunities for his kind of like off-meta strats to be a little bit more consistent.
2: Monster Harpoon got nerfed. He can't get killed by Monster Harpoon anymore in combination with his buff uh, on his defense. So I think one of the major tools outside of a Thermo Beam that he probably could have been taken out with. Thermo Beam is really the only thing I can think of that really would take him out in a Yeah, turn. that's
1: damage based. I mean, I, I would I would say that there's a there's another or card, another big base. buff removal that we'll we'll see here in a minute that that is now equally priced <laughs> with Darius. Uh but um but yeah, yeah. So I mean I, I I don't think we need to spend too much time dwelling on this, right? No nope. no, I think we would um, all agree
0: that we'd rather see a rework to Darius than just a stat yeah, buff. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But um I mean big overwhelming units, still fun. Uh Diana. Big change here. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and go into it. The change uh, before, it said Nightfall. Give me Challenger this round. This is big. Uh, Nightfall, or when you activate another Nightfall, give me Challenger this round. Now, that only affects the uh, base level because the second level already did that. Um, And they went ahead and said, no, we we want that first level diana to not just be a 2-2 after the first turn you play it which i got to say as somebody who has liked and really enjoyed playing nightfall there's you know there was a, a bit there where nightfall was just really really strong and uh where you could kind of play in a couple different couple different things that was always my big complaint i like diana i want to play diana um she's interesting and she fits the curve really well but dang it if if she wasn't annoying after that first turn you play it she's just sits there like a like a bump on a log you know yeah, like not
0: enough attack to ever do uh, anything
1: uh, yeah right and loses to the challenger that you can utilize with your quick attack and your pale cascade so you know game i needs think more this nightfall is really cool cards.
2: Hmm? game needs game still needs more nightfall cards if you ask me
1: well i think pale cascade can go back but you know i was pale you know, cascade really and,
0: yeah that that was the thing that hurt diana more than that diana hurt nightfall was was yeah. pale cascade Getting there. Yep.
2: I just love. I just love the, the the nightfall and the daybreak mechanic. I'd love to see more of both. They I'd, printed a couple extra daybreak cards, right? Why not print more nightfall?
1: I'd like to see pale cascade go to plus two plus zero instead of plus one plus one. Make it a strictly offensive or like defensive trading up thing instead of a protection tool. So that then, if you want to like, there's some differentiation between that. Guiding Touch and Sunblust Vigor, the three sort of the triumvirate, if you will, of um, protection spells at two mana in uh, in Targon. So, like, I would love to see Pale Cascade go plus two plus zero because that really helps Diana out a ton, especially with this new change. Uh, but uh, that probably won't happen. But that that would be what I I would think. But still, pretty cool. We
0: we have gotten a couple of new Nightfall cards. We got uh, Unto Dusk uh, and we got Heavens Aligned um in yeah I guess Heaven's line is there. Yeah, so th- and and I think the big thing for Nightfall was, you know, after we got Diana and Nocturne, we got Philios, technically he came out as an independent champion expansion that did release a handful of new Nightfall cards. But I agree that there could be more of them and I wish it would be a theme that we would see spread across more than just two regions. This is a huge buff to Diana. This might be one of the most significant buffs outside of the return of Trumbull maybe um, I, and I, I'm excited to experiment with Diana because I think that Diana is relatively versatile and uh, that excites me and yeah one of the most difficult things about Diana was you felt like well you could get her down on turn two and get her rolling that was it right and then hmm. after that you had to wait to drop her when she was leveled up and even when you did that it was kind of like she died a mystic shot and wasn't very impressive um this could allow you to control the early. She can control the early game a lot better now.
1: Yeah, and, and Nightfall Aggro with um, um, Diana and Nocturne was always what, what we would, especially back in Tesla, was very similar, if you remember, Mark, to um, Aggro, uh, I believe, Assassin. Right, yeah, which was uh, blue and, and blue, green, green, which was a highly reactive agro deck. It basically wanted to, um, and and this is what Nightfall is akin to. It wants to be, you know, pumping out damage, but along the way, sort of using its mana to slow your stuff down, you know, poke away at your stuff as opposed to simply buffing its stuff. Um, and it it's kind of would adapt its strategy according to what you would play. You know, so you would have things, of course. Um, You know, like the challenger off of Diana, the Nocturne giving vulnerable, all those sorts of things that really focus more on eventually snowballing a board that your opponent cannot come back from by picking away at the pieces on their side as opposed to um, like an elite situation, which is extremely proactive, which is all about buffing and continuing to snowball your side of the board. This one is more sort of chipping away at theirs, uh, which is a really interesting, you know, aggressive style and one of the only ones I think we've really seen in in L.O.R., Um, so I uh, yeah I there's just I hope it comes back. There's a lot to love about that archetype.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep yep yep. Uh, Gibby, you want to take us home uh, and take us to the last champion here, and maybe we each pick one card additional to talk about.
2: Sure, I think that's a great idea. Uh, so Zerath uh, uh, is the last champion that was uh, received a buff. His base stats on his level one went from a three three to a three four. And that kind of tracks up. He goes to a four-five instead of a four-four after his first uh, level up, and then his ascended level up um, ability now triggers on destroying a landmark and targets enemy units before targeting uh, the nexus. So his ascended level is really what gets uh, some some big stuff here. Is just a reordering of how it kind of chooses some targets. And also just a different requirement for when his ability kind of goes off. It now triggers on destroying a landmark and targets the enemy units before targeting the Nexus. So got to clear all the units out of the way on the other enemy's board before if you want just, just to start doing face damage. But it does do, and arguably you could say that's probably a good thing, uh, just because that's probably the most imminent threat is what's on the board in front of you, unless you were about to attack. So... Um, it's just a very different style of play, and I think it, especially with the new buff to Disk, it, it it pairs nicely. It makes him a lot more potent as a finisher and a lot more reliable because his enabler getting to the, the, uh, the level that was buffed is more consistent now. So I think it's great.
0: Uh, I don't know 100% how to feel about this, but I will say that going from four, 3 health to 4 health is a big deal. There's lots of 3 damage removal in LOR um, that is viable and playable, and so going from 3 health to 4 health matters. Um, and I think it's personally, I think that's significant, uh, important to note. So, that's all. I, I I played some Turbo Xerath. I did enjoy it. I haven't played it in a while. It's hard for me to evaluate how much this changes things, although I do think that zareth destroying units before targeting the Nexus is typically what you're wanting to do
2: yes yeah, especially since that can happen in combat if you have like a burst or if you have like a fast spell or something like that like it it'll it'll kind of prioritize the units that are possibly about to kill you in case you if they open swing and you can't do anything about it, but you can play something and destroy a landmark on your deck or on your on your uh on your field that will help clear out that, that attack.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, are any thoughts at all on, uh, on that, on that card change DBN?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Gibby covered it very, 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 very well. Um, I I just think, uh, realistically, I don't think it's ever going to be, they would need to do so much to make this good because it's landmarks, but it's so much more fun now um, because my 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 big complaint was always when it hit that max level, it would do consistent damage, but like it felt like it wasn't really worth an ascended level. And now that you have that increased kind of, so you could trigger it multiple times per turn if you've got those landmarks ticking down, that feels really
0: good. Yeah, that's
1: true. It makes it feel like it's worth ascending. Even though it's probably not good meta, it's good Cool. It gives you that sort of Johnny Timmy combo vibe, where you're like, okay, I'm I probably lose anyways, but I'm gonna do some really cool stuff along the way. Um, so yeah.
0: Well, there's a whole bunch of other cards that got hit or uh, buffed throughout this. Uh, Bandle City Mayor nerfed. Curious Shelf Oak nerfed. Letching Nerdle, nerfed. Monster Harpoon nerfed. It that Stares buffed. Voices of the Old Ones buffed. Iceborn Legacy huge buff. Rim uh, Tusk Shaman buffed. Poro Herder buffed. Chump of Wumps buffed. uh, Or Chump Wump buffed. Uh, Ruined Rex buffed. Coral Creatures buffed. Ascendance Rise buffed. Uh, uh, Karina buffed. Black Alley Barkeep. Yep. Buffed. Uh, Ruined Sun Disc buffed. Vengeance huge buff. Golden Crush Bot slight buff. Hidden Pathways nerfed uh so a lot of buffs went out on common cards and i think that uh bandle city kind of got the hammer here right with uh with a a handful of things you know they lost the the, the shell folk the yurtle the the mayor and uh their main draw mechanic all got nerfed um and i think it's true a lot of those things were overtuned. it seems like they overtuned them while they're being released and now they're you know sort of cutting back on them a little bit but I figured each one of us, if you wanted to highlight a card that was not a champion, we have time for that. Um, so to either of you have one that you want to highlight that you found interesting or game-changing in any way.
2: Go ahead, Gibby. DBN? Okay, fine, I'll go first. I mean, uh, I'll waste my pick talking about what <laughs> needs to be talked about, right? <laughs> because how can we pick anything on here and not talk about Iceborne Legacy? Yeah. Iceborn Legacy went from, a, it's a five cost frailty unit that went from, used to be a slow spell that said upon being played, you'd play it and target a unit or and target an ally unit specifically. And says, grant an ally and all allied copies of it everywhere, plus two, plus two. Now the text didn't change, but what did change is the speed. It went from a slow speed spell to a burst speed spell. Why? I
1: don't know. <laughs> It it doesn't make sense. Because like, the yeah. devs, and I feel confident saying this because they never agree to come on our show anyways, uh, because the balance team does not pay attention to off meta. They don't know what's out there that isn't meta. And if they did, and I'm not the only one who has done this, but a freaking year ago... I climbed up the ladder, like went like 20 and two with elusive daring Poro with, uh, you know, Poro snacks and the Poro cannon and just, just stomped up the ladder. Uh, I didn't, I mean, I didn't hit masters and I don't have the platform with which to spread the gospel of it, but it was viable then. Okay. Um, and since then, like, two seasons ago, Swim went and made a pretty decent Poro deck, and it was popularized. But apparently, they don't pay attention to that. The amount of ways that you can both dig for and create elusive Poros is well-documented, right? And more than that, they just don't seem to understand spell speeds. I, this is just blatantly stupid, and I I'll just... I'll just say it. It's just you know, I'm, I'm dumb. With you. And it's, it's like, how did dumb. you think this was a good idea? Now, like, I would have loved this going from slow to fast. I played two copies of this in my Poro deck anyways. You just wait till they're out of cancel range, right, and hope they can't kill your Poro, right? You, you play one or two copies, you know, for the memes, but also because it can snowball a game if you get it off. And now them making it burst speed means not only... Uh, Can you ensure that it happens, but you also have that added effect for the entire rest of the game uh, that was non interactable and the thing with burst speed spells is nothing that is burst speed should have an effect that carries over between turns like that. That's how burst speed should theoretically be like judged is is if the spell has a potent enough effect that it will impact future turns, it should at least be fast.
0: It, 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 this I, is
1: this is ridiculous. I mean, even if you
2: were evaluating, even if you just had burst, fast, and slow as your options, fast is the obvious choice here. And I agree with DBN's kind of marking of the way that spells should should kind of operate in terms of the longevity of the effect and and carrying over and how it, it's it's long term lasting kind of um, effect on on the game's momentum or a board's momentum fast speed should be the at least the fastest that should carry over between turns but even then you've got another speed in between fast and 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 burst that you could have chosen that i feel like is underutilized in focus um yeah so you couldn't spend this in combat yeah right if you wanted to if you wanted to play this as an opening okay, I'm going to open swing on somebody and I'm going to play this and then I'm going to swing on them. Okay, it's essentially doing what some of the Iceborne Legacy decks are doing now, but at least if you chose to open swing without revealing your hand of what you've got, aka this card, and you open swing, you don't get the opportunity of seeing what they do in return trying to kill your... A.K.A. what Elise decks want to do. Right, Mm -hmm. killing your Elise of Poro and then going... Okay, now I'm gonna buff everything out of range of what you just wasted your mana on, like this, and this is permanent. Like that to me, it to me is is a bit ridiculous.
1: Well, and and it has synergy. I mentioned Poros purely because you know spiders. Those, spiders but, is how I prefer to play it. Yeah, spiders is really strong. I mean, you, I, I seriously like if it wasn't for the fact that Poros and spiders existed, I think this would still be seeing play uh, with champions that recall and and whatnot you know you there there's an argument if there wasn't you know other things competing for the space you could play this along with like canon or something yeah, like that
0: Cannon would be great with it even
1: you now. know and and those things aren't even being explored because the immediate option was so good like it was immediately obviously what obvious what this was good in right i also take that back i really like playing this with hydra with uh, snap vines oh that's funny that that's funny um this just i mean it's mind-boggling why why this was done i i, I i'll say it one Thanks, last God. time I, this this won't be the last time i say it riot hire me i will fix your game
2: <laughs> i will balance. i will, ba- will balance. i will
1: fix your game i will make it more fun i will balance it okay i will listen to the community all right like hire me i will fix your game
0: well, Iceborne Legacy is certainly a controversial one, and it has hit the the community hard. Like, Poros are everywhere, right? Like it, that. It's pretty clear that this card has had a dramatic impact on the game. I honestly always thought this card was cool. Um, I read this yeah. from oh, slow to cool. burst speed, and at first I was like, "That's a mistake."
2: They turned a yeah. cool card into an enemy. Yeah. An enemy.
1: Yes. Exactly.
2: Yes. Thank you. So I. Yeah. I I just hate I just hate that they took this card that I was like so endeared by. Gippy and
1: I played this like uh,
2: ages ago. Ages ago
1: just for fun because it was cool and like nobody would expect it. it. And now you hate it. And and again, I there a mid-season shakeup, you got to avoid issues like this. A mid-season shakeup needs to make things fun again. You can't take risks like this that can warp the entire you know, uh, scope uh, and, and really turn people against the game. I mean, you just, and it's just Especially like, did nobody play test this?
2: Did no Especially one. People are pushing for masters for like, to try to make yeah. a competitive tournaments. Like this is a deck that like people just can't do anything about unless you make a very, very, very narrow specific deck. And even then it's almost like 50, 50. Like it's, I, I just don't like that. It's, it's that potent. But... Did
1: no one play test these changes? Is that, what, is that how they balance? They don't playtest their balances? Seriously. I mean, I, I know that there are a couple of community members that at least at one point were involved in, in, in helping out with the balance of this. I guarantee you... If you had, I mean, I, I'm going to put my foot in my mouth if apparently he was part of the issue, but if you had given Swim this information and said, hey, uh, what do you think of this? Play around with this. See how it goes. He would have broken it in a day and given you all the feedback you need not to roll this
0: out. It's, it's, fair. it's fair, fair, yeah, fair. hopefully it gets walked back. Here, here's, the, I'm going to move hope. us on. Here's the one I want to talk to because mm-hmm. I think it's interesting. Do it. Buried Sundisk moved from uh, start of the game. Draw yes. one of me. To started the game summon one of me it's really interesting because i was looking around the internet today for some just you know stats and stuff and one of the things that i saw was like hey which of the decks have seen a huge play rate increase <laughs> i saw this um yes and this deck has seen a huge play rate increase and its win rate is abysmal it's it's 30 so, percent. yeah it's, <laughs> well, so it's because
2: everyone's it's everyone's Teching for it and maybe now at this point. I don't really don't know how much people are teching for it if it's really or if it's really just not strong enough yet. It's not and good. <laughs> like I I loved I love the style of Sun Disc stuff. Yeah, oh me too. I, I, that, I love it. I too. think the change that it that it now comes down on summon versus you having to play it on turn one. Yeah, it's helpful. It's phenomenal. It's mm-hmm. what should have happened from the beginning. I,
0: I agree. And I I I do actually like this like, don't get me wrong, I like this change. I just thought it was funny that I was like I was looking at the statistics. And I was like, hold up, why is Mono Shirima even on this list? Why is this seeing play? And then it's like, oh, that's right, Sundisk. That's why it's seeing play. They changed Sundisk. I think this is a great change, and actually, I would love to see the game move more towards incentivizing Mono play. It's still not good. Like, it's still bad. Obviously, statistically, it's bad. This is bad. I don't think there's nearly as many people teching against this as they are Poros or Spiders. You know, like people are going to try mm-hmm. to tech it, or mm-hmm. or even the recall, like honestly, out of all the decks that have the highest win rate I looked at was uh Ken and Ari recall that had like 59 percent um, right now. And I don't know how skewed that number was. That might be a little off. That might be a little high. But uh, I it was like, got them, tricked them. They all played it, uh, you know,
1: made a big oopsie. Yeah. So, it, <laughs> you know, it,
0: but it's interesting. I'm glad they're pushing it in this direction. I hope they continue to stuff like that.
1: I just wanted to say, Mark, you're absolutely right. They should do more with this and and give every faction a if you have a mono deck at the start of the game, you get this card in your hand, or you get this card on the field, or you yep. get this benefit. I was even talking with Gibby about this, and I was suggesting the idea that in Yord, you have this really kind of underrepresented behold an eight plus cost card. All they would need to do is have a really cool card. They could actually retroactively do this to one of those. There's like an eight drop that that um, is really interesting, like a big troll eight drop or something like uh-huh. that. And, and say... If you have only Freljord cards at the beginning of the game, add this to your hand. So then all of those little trolls along the way that like if you behold an 8 drop, you get a plus 1, plus 1 or plus 2, plus 2 or whatever. Those things will consistently see play, rewarding you for, you know, doing what is crazy and making an only failure deck. Yeah. But I think if you do that, I th- there's just so much interesting deck building along those lines. I, th- I think you're right. The only thing I wanted to to shout out with the uh, Buried Sun Disk is, and I I am unsure uh, of this because I I saw a screenshot and I wanted to know. Um, so it only summons uh, one of you from the deck, I suppose. Correct? It does it can't summon more than one.
0: I don't think it summons all three of them.
1: Okay. Because um, I was sitting there and I was thinking, you know what's really interesting about this is that, like, I suppose in the situation, like, y- you could potentially—I almost wish they would allow you to summon all three, because even though it would clog your board, it would give you access to the things that would say, "Destroy a landmark to get a grumpy rock bear," or "Destroy a landmark to get a," you know. Uh, to get a there's one that gives you like a plus four plus two at burst speed or something like that if you destroy the landmark so that would have been cool I don't think that's how it works though Um, I think it only summons the one but I saw a screenshot where a dude had three out there and I guess he was running three copies and must have played them or something but uh, I was like that's crazy but it had me thinking, like, what if you just made a Mono Shurima deck and you didn't care about Ascending? You just had the free thing already out there, so as soon as you draw that that 4-drop uh, that, that blows something up or as soon as you need to play that spell that can deal 4 damage and the cost is destroying a landmark, you have it ready. Just a thought, probably terrible, but that's where my brain went.
0: Sure, sure. Gibby, do you have any other thoughts on Buried Sun Disk before you choose a Oh, wait, you chose a card. It's DBN. Who I chose has to a, card. a card, right?
2: I chose the controversial card that, that made us go into a spiral. So this is your turn now.
1: Okay. I'll keep it quick. I'm going to pick two cards. Suck it, guys. Um, <laughs> two pieces of re- two pieces of removal changed. Uh, one- I had to use my turn on the card I didn't want to uh, talk about. That's you fine. had to pick two? I, I, that's what is right. Going on? I literally I do what just I want.
0: did an experimentation and it, it, you, it only pulls one out of your deck. I put three in my deck, played Monastery, it only pulls one. Oh, uh, darn
1: um monster harpoon uh got reduced where basically the discount is reduced by one i just want to say i think that this is target this is this is targeting sedge gangplank um they said so in the in the description and i think that's a little silly i i just kind of wish that they would have hit something else in there because i just kind of like the idea of Bilgewater having strong mid-game removal and being able to play mid-range. Um, so it bothers me that they keep deciding that Bilgewater removal is the problem um, when really, you know, I think you could you could definitely argue that, especially since this doesn't trigger Plunder, maybe look at the cards that are triggering Plunder. Like, I don't know, Gangplank or... Ner- yeah, Nerf Gangplank, if that's really an issue. Nerf Sedge, if you think that that's an issue. If the issues are that is that that deck is really that strong, I I, I don't love that they're taking removal pieces like they did with make it rain. That just kind of reminds me of how dead Bilgewater went for like a year until they unnerfed, make it rain. Um, maybe that's the problem. Maybe make it rains, the real problem, but I don't want that to get nerfed. Um, but the, the bigger issue, um, I just had to say my piece in defense of my beloved Bilgewater. water. Um, vengeance guys, seven man to a six man. a holy crap. Yes.
0: That's this, this,
1: this is major implications, especially as the meta sort of develops, because there's always that shadow. There's Shadow Isles is ever present. There's no meta in which Shadow Isles does not have a viable deck uh, in the rotation, um, and that's partly because of Vengeance. And this thing dropping one mana cost, like, I I, I I'm not against it. I'm actually for it. I'm just surprised.
2: It just makes it. I mean, I, I think this is a reaction to the buffing of all of these tar or these these frailyard cards, and the anticipation that this will slow the meta down, and that this will become a little bit more of a of of, of tall decks uh, emerging through Trundle, through mm. mm-hmm. maybe even synergies with Asol, uh, with with just Jace. big units coming down, Jace for that matter, Ash, uh, whatever it might be, and just saying okay. I'm gonna use my turn and kill your big unit, and this is this is an adjustment and a reaction to maybe a preemptive reaction, whether it's right or not, to just an anticipation that the meta is gonna slow down. There's gonna be a higher presence of frailyord because that's one of the bigger cards that keeps frailyord in check. Yep, because they don't have ways really to give anything spell shield, if I think at all in the in the in the uh, in the faction. So you'd have to splash for like a targon to play bastion, but if you're playing a big unit or something like that. Um, you're probably not, ha- you probably don't have the mana unless it's really, really late in the game to so be able to play a Bastion and thus, thus Vengeance does, does its job. So I like it. I'm,
0: I'm fine with it. Well, I'll tell you what, Anivia made out like a bandit this round of nerfs and buffs because she got buffed, her trundle got buffed, and her Vengeance got buffed. Uh, I mean, it's three, three of the strongest buffs across the set of buffs. All went to the Trundle and Nivia Rekindler deck, um, and I would say if if Iceborn Legacy did not get some yeah sort of like weird buff, I think honestly what we would be talking about tonight would not be oh my gosh Iceborn Legacy is insane with Poros. I think what we'd be talking about is Nivia Trundle's unstoppable, and it has slowed down the game because you just can't you can't stop a six. Like, those three significant increases. Uh, you know, mm. it's not too often that something gets a plus one, plus one in stats, which Anivia got. Trundle's buff mm. is huge for Trundle and a bigger buff to Anivia, yep. like we said. And then Vengeance just makes it— It Honestly, it's not even so much the fact that it you can play it for six mana. It's the fact that you can play it on turn three. Because you can pass, yep. pass Vengeance if yep. you need to. Yep, yep, yep.
1: Yep. That's it's huge. There's I mean, it also comes online a turn earlier. So if there's a big unit that's being stacked up over a couple turns, boom, you deal with it. If there's a big impactful unit that comes down on curve on on six um, or even like a five drop delayed to six like Garen or something, boom, you one for one it right um and in a control deck, ideally you are controlling your hand size compared to them. So you you know, a one for one is not bad. I, I think um I think Mark you make a great point though that like if Iceborne Legacy hadn't turned into this massive debacle, we would be looking at a slower meta. We would be looking at a meta where, you know, um these later game you know, frailyord synergies are probably getting experimented with, but of course, that's not the case because of the go wide situation that is now out of control with poros and spiders, and for all I know, something else by now, right? Um I, I do want to say one little thing here, and I, I kind of saw this and and it it's it just sparked my interest, which was um on Twitter Mogwai uh, was talking about how you know, he he was irritated, of course, with the Daring Poro, uh, you know, spamming with the Iceborne Legacy and whatnot, and was criticizing uh, LOR for not having uh, a reach mechanic. We've talked about this before, right, with the Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. you know, reach mechanic. And and I just want to, one more time, to all the people that might have looked at that and say, wow, is such a great player. He's totally right. We should go rip off Magic the Gathering for a reach mechanic. The issue is not the idea of having a, mechanic that can counter another mechanic. That's bad design. So I'm sorry, Mogwai fans and Mogwai, I, I staunchly disagree here. Um the bigger issue is that elusive is a non-interactive mechanic that can and should have already been reworked. And there are examples of elusive mechanics that have worked in other games. We talked about it ad nauseum. There's one in Hearthstone, there's one in Tesla. Just go look at it. Okay. And at this point in the game, with how often it's every other meta that elusive gets broken and becomes a problem, they should have learned their lesson. And, you know, asking for one card to counter another card is not the solution we should be looking for. Um, And I I guess I'm not, I I don't have the reach to rally the community into pressuring uh, (laughs) the devs into doing anything. Um, But I'm just saying, um, you know, looking at the reasons why something is a problem, um, I, I think we can look outside the idea of like, print a card that will beat it. We need to be looking at the root of it and and how the core mechanics and core gameplay, you know, patterns uh are are at fault. And and in this case, I have one more point in uh Ian versus elusive. Uh, <laughs> We've been... The the it, it's it's stacking up. I've just got my whole it's two wall years. here I, I, like a. Like the like I, like in a prison movie, you're making the etchings on the wall, you know, and that's my whole wall here. You can't see it, but it's filled with scratch marks of all the r- times when Elusive got broken, uh, and, and that's where we're at. Uh, it, it needs a rework, and, and I and I can honestly say I'd probably play this game a lot more if Elusive was was reworked because that is one of the things that that it like Mogwai drives me up a wall. Mm. Here's my
2: last point. Aloose has been broken in about four different regions. There's a commonality and a common denominator, really. So, yep,
0: that's sure. All it's need. been it's been broken in uh, in Ionia, P and Z, Bilgewater, Bilgewater. Um, yeah. at least uh, at different times. Yeah. And so, yeah, yeah it, it, it's been a problem on more than one occasion with different and, champions. And I wasn't different... a big fan of changing yeah. it at first, but the more that I've played against it, the more I've realized that in metas where Elusive is very strong is oftentimes the metas that I don't play much of. Um, I I just, you know, I lose interest a lot faster. And... That's not good for the game across the board right you you want people to continue to play your game and continue to be interested in it yeah so. and
1: and the the more interesting way to counter a strategy for the longevity of a game's health and for the enjoyment of the populace is what's called soft counters the idea that you can counter a specific card or strategy you know with indirect game mechanics and there's examples of that I can actually I think that'd be actually be a really interesting segment to do down the road but the idea of like hard counters you know uh, like a um Kind of like Hush on Scion, for example. Uh Like that the only real thing that could counter Scion, at least at the time where it was really strong and uh was Hush and Minimorph, right? Those sorts of answers, especially the more specific they get, aka like like think of Unearthed Passage, if you guys recall that card. Like that card was literally like stop summoning things. Play cards Uh from your hand, stop summoning things. That card was teched in two decks. At one seat, you know, for one season where things were being summoned all over the place, and then it disappeared when summoning things went away, right? And that's what you would see if you implemented a reach style answer to elusive. When elusive's played, all the reach things come back and completely force it out, basically invalidating larger pools of cards in your collection. So just to clarify why I am in disagreement, not just trying to shit on somebody's opinion but to to specify those types of hard counter cards end up invalidating more of your collection than a well-balanced game that has mechanics that can be soft countered by other mechanics
0: let's move on to mark's cosmetic closet uh (laughs) you know i i think we've said our piece about the the particular you know elements of this and i don't disagree with ian or with or with um about uh about some necessary changes and it's a weird it's a weird adjustment that they made but overall i didn't hate most of the buffs and nerfs uh i thought that i'm just glad that we saw a big batch of them but uh, let's put it out i was glad we saw a big batch of them yeah few of them could have been more accurate but i, I was glad we saw a big batch of them but let's move on to our last segment we're going to close out with this one very quickly uh mark's cosmetic closet Okay, guys, this week we got a bunch of new cosmetics for the game, and I like talking cosmetics. This week we got a crossover uh, thing with whatever's going on in League of Legends right now, which is the World Breaker skins. So we got World Breaker Trundle, uh, who is an epic level skin. It came with a new level-up animation, a new ice pillar. World Breaker which came with a new unique uh, sapling toss as a rare, rare skin, and I don't know... I don't think, I think it's our very first rare skin, right? Yeah, everything else is common or epic. This is our first rare skin um, because he got the unique animation with the saplings. Uh, Worldbreaker Elise uh, is a common that comes with a new Spiderling. Um, Worldbreaker Malphite is a common that comes with just him. Uh, Worldbreaker Nasus, which is a common that comes with all three of his forms. Uh, Worldbreaker Nautilus, which comes with just. Him and then lastly, uh World Breaker Scion, which comes with all three of his forms, including his resurrected form. Uh, and a little interesting note currently, if you have a hundred percent of the collection, you can go to the store and in the featured section, you can buy the mechas and something uh bundle. It's the rumble and scion bundle, and uh, and if you own a hundred percent of the collection. Uh, you can get Scion right now for five percent off. So instead of seven hundred coins, you can pick him up for six hundred and sixty-five coins if you were liking the Worldbreaker Scion skin. In addition to that, we got a new board, um, and that one looks like a, like an Aztec temple. Basically, it's like a, it's like an Aztec temple uh, look. And I believe we got a new guardian as well, which is sort of like the Worldbreaker chip. It's like an Aztec temple chip. Um, I'll just share my thoughts very quickly. When I looked at them, they weren't, like, they are cool. Um, They're not the coolest ones that we have gotten, in my opinion. It's interesting. You know, Trundle, obviously, is going to see a ton of play right now. I could see why you'd pick up Trundle. Probably one of my favorite ones. I really like the Elise. Elise has a real uh, Ray from Episode 7 vibe in her pre-leveled state. Uh, She's sort of at this, like, desert uh marketplace I, and I actually like the 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 Elise one quite a bit. Um mm-hmm. I am Malakai and malfight like you only get two new pieces of art whereas like at least with Scion and Nasus you get three. With Trundle you get level up animation with with Elise you at least get a new spiderling and the new spiderlings pretty cool looking. Uh and of course with Malkai you get that new uh sapling toss animation. So um, so I don't know, like, and level-up animation is kind of, well, his game-ending animation, not his level-up animation. No, it is his level-up animation. It's like a new sapling that that destroys the deck. Um, overall, the only one I'm honestly kind of tempted by is Trundle. Um, I don't actually love his new level-up animation where he's swinging the hammer, but his new art is really cool. Like, he's pretty menacing. I think he looks more menacing than the rest of them. Uh, once again, I think I'd echo the same things we've said lots of times before, that I wish we got more new level-up animations with each of these, especially Nasus, because his his level-up animations are so big, especially when he goes to his full Ascended form, that it feels weird that he'd be doing all of that sand stuff, and then becoming this sort of like cosmic entity Nasus afterwards. Um, it would break the immersion for me with Nasus specifically, mm-hmm. so... I think I get away with Nautilus. Nautilus looks, looks basically the same. i am actually having a hard time telling what the skin is a little <laughs> a little bit with Nautilus. He kind of looks like the same the same champion. How about either of you guys? Did you pick up any of these skins, or is there one that you like that's kind of tempting to you?
2: I'm considering picking up the Elise. I agree with you. I think that's the best of the skins. Uh, I think it's the most unique. Uh, and I've also I'm also considering picking up the Maokai. I think there's value in the the additional uh, sapling stuff, and I have a, a Malkai deck that I really like running. So I'm considering picking that up as well. Uh, the one piece you did forget to mention is the card backs. There are additional card backs oh,
0: okay. I forgot uh, as
2: those. well for some, for some of the World Breakers. There's a World Breaker Nautilus and a World Breaker Trundle uh, one. I really like the World Breaker Trundle card back. I, I'm not going to be picking it up, but I think that's a really cool one if you are going to. Um, I'm a big board guy. I looked at the board... And I'm not going to pick up this board in particular just because it has a somewhat uh, kind of same aesthetic with the whole Aztec Temple vibe as the Ascended Oasis that I've already currently got for most of my Sharima decks that I use and also the uh, the beach. So I don't feel like I need it, but I'm considering with Elise and I'm considering with Maokai.
0: Nice. DBN, did you take a look at them? Any any? Did you think the set was cool? I, I know... I don't know if you ended up picking up Santa Brom in the end or not, but
1: oh, oh, I did. Oh, nice. Uh, I did, and I actually uh, got some games in with uh, my my uh, my Braum Poro deck before the <laughs> over Christmas break. Before the buff, I played it and had some success. I, I think I went five and one. Uh, with it a little bit over Christmas, uh, and uh, with the Santa Brom skin, leveled Brom a few times, and and enjoyed that immensely. Really liked the Santa Brom skin. So they got my money there. I, they will not be getting my money on any of these world breakers, uh, because I don't know what the theme is in LOR. I guess I'm just not getting enough kaiju vibes, as they're big. But, like, I want to see more, like, you know, Godzilla-esque, like, you know, hitting down big structures with, like, people running and screaming in the background, right? Like, I, they're hitting a lot of kind of, like, empty, like, standing over oasises. And, like, you know, the only one I think is, the, like, the leveled up, I guess, Scion's second form, which you'll almost never see. If we had – that's my favorite art in all of this is the, the – the Scions Scion resurrected one resurrected is what I want all of them to look like, right with like people running and things exploding and just more Godzilla mayhem. um, I think you're right though of what we have that that specifically one piece of the art and then the Elise uh level one form, you guys are right. that's one of the coolest arts. I think maybe even in the game, like it just looks really cool um but. Not enough for me for me to want to get him. I will say the only other thing that you guys uh maybe maybe Mark mentioned it, but i I just wanted to call out was the adorable worldbreaker chip guardian um <laughs> it, it it's uh it's so cute. gotta love more we all need more chip in our lives
0: he he is he is cute, and I guess if you were going to play some world Breaker, I feel like if I, if I played League of Legends, these mm-hmm. would be more appealing. Probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know, might know that's, what's that's going totally on valid. in the world. If I knew what was, like, these could be really incredibly cool if I had an understanding of what was going on in the lore right now and I understood what was actually going on in League of Legends, then I might be like, oh, yeah, like, I I love Worldbreaker Malphite. But, like, right now, I'm like, I don't care about Worldbreaker Mouthbite, yeah. you know, because because I don't <laughs> well, understand the lore of the story behind them. Probably it's just I, ignorance.
1: And I think that's okay. Like I I've said it before. I I believe, but like with with cosmetics, to me, it's like there's something for everybody. And just because one round of cosmetics comes out and you're not like into it, like hey, the the next one you you might be. And like you know, there's gonna be the whales that buy literally everything. But that like I don't get salty when it's not my favorite. You know, and and I don't think anybody else should mm-hmm. because it's just it's just for fun. The cosmetics are, like. you know, they're funding the game, but they're also like for us to just for someone to enjoy. And and you know, at the end of the day, you'll find one like Santa Brahm uh, that you love and that you pick up. But you know, they're they're it's probably good that we don't aren't in love with all of them because our wallet will thank us at the end sure. of the day. <laughs> I mean,
0: if you if you think about it, like out of the themes we've had space theme beach theme sand theme like the biggest one that hit a lot of people the battle academia yeah we had like the forgotten we-, we did have like the forgotten and the sentinel stuff and i think that hit a lot of people then we had like yeah, yeah like that- battle academia good. like skull fighting then we had arcane theme then we had christmas theme now Worldbreaker. so like they have hit a lot of i it would be i would be hard-pressed to believe that if you played this game and really enjoyed it, that you couldn't find something that you enjoyed in the skins at this point. You're probably not going to like all of them, but you have to have been able to find something that you like, mm-hmm. you know? Uh,
1: yeah, I'm just waiting for a Vlad skin because it doesn't really matter what it is. I'll be picking
0: it yeah. up. <laughs> it's the other thing. They Yeah, don't double up on skins till you give us one for each. Uh, we've had a couple of doubles, but... Uh, we have, yeah. Yeah, just a few, but... Uh... Well, guys, I think that's going to wrap up this episode. It's been going for a long time and it's time to close it down. Um, so uh, thank you guys for joining us tonight or joining me tonight on the episode. It was good to have all three of us back in the digital studio recording and talking about LOR. Um, uh, to all of our listeners out there, visit our Patreon at patreon.com slash Legendscast. That enables us to do this show and enables us to do things like the really fun Discord League. Get over to the Discord and join our Discord League as we're going to be kicking off uh, in February the uh, what it, Masquerade the Masquerade Season 6 for our Legends Guest Discord League. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us go on and on and on. And uh, be sure to come back again next week. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.